Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. Can we talk about eBay? Oh, episode 52. Can we talk about <laughs> eBay scamming for a minute? Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, my wife, that uh, as part of my uh, side hustle or whatever you want to call it, I uh, flip uh, sports cards, so like basketball, mostly basketball, some football, um, other people do baseball, hockey, UFC, all kinds of trading cards. I know more about sports now than I ever dreamed I would know. <laughs> more than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> more than I ever cared to know. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I flip some cards and some of them are relatively um, high worth. And so the other day I sold... Uh, three Luka Doncic cards for anyone who knows NBA. He's one that kind of like the, uh, supposed to be the next big star in the NBA. So I sold three of his cards for $1,800 and sent it away to a guy. This is all through eBay. And then like the very next, that, that, the next day or the day after that, within, within 48 hours, I'm just like scrolling sports card Twitter and I see some guy talking about getting scammed, him saying, like, I'm done with eBay because he sold also a Luca card. I later found out he sold a Luca card to a buyer. The buyer then most likely did a bait and switch, which means taking a card that's all beat up and whatever and return and filed a re, uh, report with eBay saying, hey, this guy sent me a beat up card. And then is in the process of getting his money back because eBay is known as being really awful at always siding with the buyer. Um, and so people use that to their advantage and scam. So do stuff like that. Like he switches a good condition card with a bad one, says, hey, look what he sent me and gets his money back and gets to keep the good card. Mm -hmm. And then so it's like, oh, that sucks for him. I mean, it's, it's fairly common. So it's not the first time I heard. But as I'm scrolling down the thread, someone's like, why don't you out the guy's username? And then right away, as soon as I saw the username, I'm like, oh, no, that is the same username of the guy who bought the exact same cards for me. Which ones? Luca. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so now eBay has like a, a 30 day from the day it arrives at your door because it's all track track shipping. So they know. So if they give you 30 days, which is another whole separate problem which is when you buy a card of a player who's doing well, the card's high value, but then he has a month where he gets injured or has some bad days, then the buyer returns, makes up an excuse, but it's really because just the worth of the cards have gone down. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge problem in the industry, and eBay's getting a lot of flack, and they're trying to address it, but they haven't really done a great job yet. So now we have this period where the day it gets there, we have like 30 days where we're just sitting in limbo, where I can't withdraw those funds. I can't use them to buy more cards, which is what the point of it is. And we may end up losing both the cards and the money. It's a really huge problem. And uh, I don't know, maybe talking about this, maybe I can send this clip to eBay and put some more pressure, another voice. Um, I mean, they know, they're well aware. They're, they're head of head of that department in eBay has gone on some podcasts lately saying we understand mm -hmm. this problem and we're trying to deal with it. And it's hard because 
I get it. Like sellers can take advantage too. They could sell, they could send bad cards and be like, I didn't mm -hmm. send that, that, you know, it was in great condition when it left my house. So it's really a system that I don't really see an answer to other than for, to, for eBay to start doing what other sites do, which is they hold all the cards. Like the buyer sends it in, then they only sell it when eBay has looked at it, verified the condition, and then they're the ones who send it out to the buyer. Mm -hmm. Or the buyer, same, uh, what was that other card site that you're using? Starstock. Yeah, where you don't even have to get the card sent to you if you are doing it for flipping. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a separate thing. That's like, just like day trading, essentially. Yeah. Where you, ne the cards never get to you. But even that site, if you did want those cards sent to you, as opposed to just flipping kind of the virtual version of them, they have them so they could see what quality they are mm -hmm. when they're sent out. And there's no returns. Um, like the, as, a, as a seller, if the buyer wanted to return, you wouldn't get dinged for it. I don't know what happens. Maybe the site takes over the ownership of the card or something. Oh. But then why would you return? Because the site would have all this proof. Like, yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't return. It could maybe got damaged in transit, but that's going to be pretty rare. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, if the value's just gone down, the star stock is going to be like, no, we, mm -hmm. we know what you're doing here. Whereas yeah. eBay is just, like, so buyer-centered. I guess they've had to be over the years, but it doesn't work for, for this. Yeah. It's like, imagine, like, I bought some stock in Apple, and then the Apple stock share crashed, and I'm like, actually, I don't like this stock. Give here me back go. my money. <laughs> That's literally what they're doing. <laughs> me back my money so it's it's a really huge problem and ebay needs to fix it or i mean they're already losing market share and i don't i don't see that changing unless they figure out a system because this is just terrible so if you're out there buyer don't scam me because now we have a record mm -hmm. and i've already sent a letter to ebay an email saying look this happened with the buyer he bought he then bought the exact same cards for me unfortunately i didn't see it till after so they're on the way to him if he files a complaint now, you know. So hopefully that's going to be enough. You know what actually would be really good for the community is once you get someone like that, you could ban them within your community. And yeah. like out the customer and be like, this person scammed me. And then you could all have a list of like people you don't trade with. Yeah, people, I mean, people like like that guy, he, he named him. That's mm -hmm. how I figured it out. But yeah, I don't think there's like anyone, like you could do a, you'd probably grow really well. You could do like an Instagram account. But then it's touchy because then it's like both sides of the story. What if the guy, imagine right. if he really did get a damaged card? Maybe you need you know? two people. Like you can nominate someone to put them on the list, but then you need someone to confirm that they did it to them too. Because yeah. then if they're a real scammer, if it's happened to more than one person or whatever, you can make your threshold. But yeah. really... Yeah, like you'd need a list of people that you don't do business with. But the problem is they could just change their name, yeah, I guess. Yeah, could use but, a different account. But it's I lots. guess it's public, personal information. I'm like, but you could give their address. Well, that's the thing is they ha <laughs> we have their address. And so someone on that thing went and looked up the buyer, somehow figured out where they live, and then said, oh, he lives like 40 minutes from me. You want me to pay him a visit? Kind of like joking, I guess. Oh, wow. But that's yeah. a good deterrent to like if the guy tries to do return on my thing, like I like jokingly said, just send a like uh, one of those tough uh, what are they called bounty hunters? Mm -hmm. Just send a bounty hunter, not to do anything, <laughs> but just to be like, hey, we know where you live. We know where you live. Keep this BS to yourself. I'm sure this goes beyond it all privacy, but I mean, you're online with your phone. What privacy do you have? But like, if you, that's what you turned it into. Like, 
you could have a disclaimer on your eBay site being like, if you buy from me and you try to scam me, this is what I do. I will publish your name and your address on this list and you will be put on this list. Yeah, I'm definitely, if he, if he tries this with me after already having somewhat proof that he did it to someone else, I'm definitely going to put his name. Like I know his Instagram account, mm -hmm. like I'll just put his name and number everything online. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then like, if people decide to do that, it should be like a nomination pro process. Like I nominate this person, but to get on the list, it has to happen to more than one person or it has to happen to three because like, you just can't get a friend to say it happened to them and you have to have a bit of proof or whatever and then they get put yeah. on the list with all their information. Yeah, that's that's all good and, you know, for for the the bigger picture, but it would still suck for us to lose three Luca cards and yeah. $1,800 and have nothing to show for it other than potentially some butchered cards. Yeah. So, fingers crossed, eBay responded already to my email saying we've put kind of like a notice on his account so hopefully that's definitely if he tries now well and also because you've been doing this so long you can show like i've had no returns yeah they why don't would care, i do this none of these other person. people have had returns and they still side with them but yeah. i think yeah ebay has to change i think they they understand there's just no easy solution because as a seller you could switch like sell them with one picture and then send them shitty cards and be mm -hmm. like i didn't know it wasn't me it didn't i didn't do it and so it's just like yeah, I think eBay needs to start doing what these other sites are doing, which is have their own vault where they yeah. inspect every card. But that's like, that's a job. That's a specialty. Yeah, and that's they don't enough, do that's that. A business. Yeah, they don't do that for anything else, right? Mm -hmm. That's their whole business is like yeah. just buyer to seller. Mm -hmm. But for cards, it doesn't work well. So, anyways, that's just what's been going on in the side hustle life. They just need to figure it out. Otherwise, they'll lose that market share. And I think that's going to be a pretty lucrative market. Yeah, it's huge. Like, yeah, it's huge. LeBron, like all these cards are just going for tens of thousands of dollars now. The market's really booming. Yeah. So they definitely, it's probably their high, I have to guess per item, it's their highest earning thing on the site. I don't mm -hmm. know what else there is that sells for tens of thousands, like multiple times a day. What other items could be like that? Yeah. Maybe like, yeah, not even computers. Cause, yeah. So I'm sure they don't want to lose that, but they're going to if they don't do something. So eBay, when I send you this, fix your, fi fix it, fix, fix it. it, figure it out. I don't know <laughs> however how. you want to, but just fix yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not your R and D or or your whatever, but uh, you you figure it out. Yeah, definitely figure it out. Anyways, on to more positive topics. Yeah, well, speaking of side hustles, you know we, I think more you, more you, are always looking for something else to do on the side you have your main job that you do but you're always building something on the side and trying new things and um yeah 20 this year start with my birthday uh, my birthday's in October and that's when I decided to make some really big changes and it wasn't triggered by my birthday but it all just kind of aligned and so I'm thinking like that was my new year and so I quit my job and it was a long time coming I really really thought it out and you know you've always been on board. You've been telling me to quit long before. And so I quit my job. And then I think now I'm so November, December, January. So I'm in month three of not working. And unfortunately, it's like the days are so busy. Like, you know, you're with mm -hmm. kids all day, our kid and dog, and we're homeschooling all these things. And I'm finding that my first month, I was just completely burnt out. 
my second month, I'm just trying to find a rhythm in this new life and figure out what I want to do, but then still being really burnt out. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really hard to think of something else to do or what my side hustle is going to be. And I know you've given me a lot of ideas and just everything is just not what I want to do. Like nothing speaks to me. And then I just start feeling down because I'm like, I have no passion for anything. But then something happened. We started talking about doing this other little business. And so by trade, I'm a CPA. So accounting is always, you know, there. But I knew I didn't want to become a CPA to be an accountant. I always knew that. I wanted to work for myself and do something. And that might involve accounting. But I I didn't want to work for someone else. But then what happened was I just ended up working for other people and definitely gaining experience. But anyway, that's a tangent in itself. I think... um, it's been really hard to figure out what I want to do, but we were talking about this thing and I realized that I do still love accounting. Like my first thing is thinking about like, how would we maximize this? Um, like what, what's the accounting setup for this? How, how would I figure out how we would um, scale this and all, all these things like performance management, all this sort of stuff. So it's not just accounting. It's a lot of other things that becoming a CPA, all, all these other skills you learn. And so I was so burnt out, I was thinking that I was hating being an accountant. And I honestly would have told anyone thinking about it, like, don't do it. But now that I feel like I'm coming out of being burnt out, I see why I did it in the first place and why I liked it. And I feel more open. Maybe that was a problem why I couldn't figure something out. But isn't, just... it, isn't it not accounting? It's the skill set that you enjoy. Yes. The tasks within accounting, but accounting as a business you don't enjoy. No, but then accountants, like, so my like my main thing that I did in accounting is performance management. It's not financial statements, Yeah. you know, so it's a different skill set. So I think that's, I enjoy that. I enjoy operations. I enjoy trying to figure out how something could be done better. And so like accountants aren't all bean counters, right? They all have mm-hmm. different skills that they come with. So I'm just realizing that I really do still enjoy that stuff. But anyway, so I'm still feeling a bit blocked. And so um, you, you saw the Tony Robbins new, what is, what's it called? New year? No, new world, new you. And it's a free online seminar. It's five days at 11 and it's all live and you can hear him speak and all these other things. So we're on day three and I have to say day one and two, I didn't even do the exercises. I think I'm still like just some things. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Like I'm feeling it. I felt motivated by it, but just those types of exercises, I'm not really there yet in my dissolving and unprogramming, like what I've been doing for the last, you know, 10 years. But then today was about business Mm -hmm. and that was exciting. Today was an exciting day. I came out like, yes. Okay. What he said today, I got that's that, that spoke to me. Yeah. Today is like five X better than the first two. Just to give more context. So Five days. It's all streamed on on YouTube and Facebook, Facebook group, uh, Telegram. I think two hours from eleven a.m. to one p.m. Mm-hmm. Although the first day ran like three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it basically from his basement where he set up this like controlled tower sort of thing, and on the screen is also like thousands of people that he has all their cameras on screen as well, and you know, everybody kind of working through it together. And it's like physical exercise, uh, success stories, and then a lot of Tony kind of loud speaking as he does mm-hmm. at you um, and just sharing some thoughts. Yeah. So day one was like um, about energy and a lot about that and a few other, to- like the energy I agreed with, like that I got, but there's a few other topics that like, 
uh, I'm just not there yet, I guess, maybe, or it's just, I can't connect to those things yet. Maybe I'm, yeah. And I'm, or I'm still blocked in those areas. And then, uh, the second day was about identity, which did really, because the first day was about the story you tell yourself. And I have a friend actually had her on here, um, Amrit, who's becoming, um, a psychologist and she's just doing her PhD now, but part of what she does is um, narrative therapy. And that's a lot about the story you tell yourself, like mm-hmm. sitting in that pain, staying in that pain years after it's over and, you know, or telling yourself you can't, all these things. I think she spoke about it on one of our podcasts, but it's a very, very interesting topic. So funny, it comes in in this too. What's the story you're telling yourself? And like, just because you, you said you like that happened to you, why is it a negative? Why can it be a positive? And it was talking a lot about, um, problems and how they actually can be the catalyst to great things in our life. We don't want to experience them again, but it can be a catalyst. And the second day was about identity, which is very important. And today was about business. Mm-hmm. And so... And also like a lot of female empowerment business, like the, mm-hmm. the lady that he featured for like half an hour, the two hours, um, can't remember her name. Sarah. Sarah I forget something. her last name, Sarah. And then the she... Creator created, of Spanx. Yeah. Very interesting woman, very inspiring. Um, but yeah, so I think I even when I was in there, I started, I don't know, maybe feeling a bit more of a connection between, okay, the burnout is gone. I'm like more aware of what I do or don't want to do. And then in that, I realized I do enjoy like part of what the reason I became an accountant, or the reason I got a designation, there's that I still enjoy some of that. Like there's parts I really enjoy and would want to keep doing. And so all that kind of connected today and I felt more inspired to find something else and like as he uses the term create your own economy like Mm -hmm. create your own job and like Yaniv has always done that like since I've known you like I think at at one point in our relationship I had a ban on telling me any more new business ideas (laughs) like I just like every day was impossible every day was a new business idea and I just like couldn't take it anymore I'm like no new business ideas I need a break like yeah I always uh, I said this to you before, but I always look at it as like when you go work for someone, you're saying to them that your money is worth more than my time. And they're saying to you, your time is worth more than my money. And I always felt like the balance wasn't there, especially when you're working like minimum wage or, mm-hmm. or like early in your career, what they're paying. I just felt like my value was higher. And like, you know, people like you know will laugh at that or say like your value is nothing if you if you you know if you haven't built up experience or certain skills but I just felt like no I'm not willing to trade my hours for this I'd rather get paid less but do something that I believe will have a longer longer term value even if Mm -hmm. that doesn't pan out as many things haven't I think in some of your um you need just a lot of online content on content and in one of your things it says get slow like get rich slow yeah and that was all like people always chase these big like paydays now, but really you should be building for the future. And I think that was the same message they kind of did today Mm -hmm. in the, I don't know if they call them seminars or what they call them, but on, on the, the, what he was speaking about today. And that was that what you, what people are rewarded for in public is what they've been struggling with in private. So it's the same idea. Like all you see is these people becoming rich or, you know, all the people that do it fast. It's, those are the stories you hear, but you don't hear all the stories about, how long it really took. Yeah. Like, and what how many did they go crappy through? jobs and how many years they struggled starting yeah. the business and how many failures they had. 
And then all of a sudden Spanx is a billion dollar industry and you're like, oh, she got lucky because she was on Oprah. Mm-hmm. But you don't had... realize like it took 10 years to get on Oprah first. Yeah. It's like with uh, with acting and musicians. It's like we always think one hit wonder. Oh, mm-hmm. They've been doing it like the Beatles played in clubs all over Europe for like a decade before they had a hit. Yeah. Yeah, so it was today was definitely I think the best day. It's all coming together. I'm interested to see like tomorrow's about relationships and that's always a, a hard one for me. Uh and then we'll see. I'm not sure what the last day will be. So it's all kind of coming together, but today really spoke to me and I definitely it's so funny because he's like talks so much and you do too. Like what value are you bringing to people? And like this 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 podcast was more because we always wanted to do something together. Mm-hmm. And it was a way for us to share our lives and what we're going through. And like maybe people are going through something similar or just, you know, hearing, especially in COVID, COVID times when we're all feeling a little separated, hearing about like what other people are going through, there's some connection there, right? So maybe this, that, like, this, I don't know where I'm going with this, but the value proposition isn't the same, I think, in something like this, because this is almost like a passion project more than a business. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I would definitely suggest that anybody who's feeling like they're not quite sure what to do or, you know, just need a pe- needs a pep talk. This was worth it. I don't think I'm like, I've never done a Tony Robbins thing. I've seen him before. I've watched documentaries and stuff and it still never pushed me to do it. Yeah. It's, he's, even as we watch it, he, he, he has some, he seems, okay, like the worst thing that yesterday and why I totally got disconnected from yesterday's session because he comes across as like a pretty anti-COVIDer. Like, he was tr- still trying to hold seminars at the beginning of this and was upset about the government not letting him pack 20,000 people into small rooms and stuff. And he kind of, like, he lets little comments slip that kind of show that side, which they struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, government overreach and all that. He, he's very, he's a capitalist. That's he, he's, he, and he is a capitalist. Yeah, I think he talks about, about it. That. Yeah. A very strong capitalist. Um and thinks any interference by anyone is wrong. So, and he also, yeah, he just makes little comments about, I don't know, like women sometimes. Yeah. He makes like little things where you're like, that's right on the border of... So anyways, I've always kind of, I think he offers value. I've listened to a bunch of his stuff and I definitely get stuff out of it. But it's a good exercise in... You have to not judge the full package. You just mm-hmm. kind of take what you take out of it. Yeah. I also think that, you know, uh, I haven't watched The Social Dilemma yet, but I know I've heard about this, and I'm, this is probably on the same wavelength as that. But, you know, we're becoming more and more conditioned to only see our point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, Yaniv and I are both, I don't even think I'm on social media to the extent you are, but we're both on social media. You know, it bleeds into our lives. And just because of what I like or what I follow, you know, I, I see very, very leftist socialist things. And I'm just becoming more and more aware that I'm only seeing one point of view. And like, I wonder if like some younger people or even people like, like our age, if you're able to notice that, mm-hmm. that it's happening to you, that they're, you're only seeing one side of the world. And like, that's really, your focus is getting so narrow. Like, think about creating or, or, or whatever, like it's really hard to be a creative when you're not really seeing the whole picture, right? You're only dealing with half the information. And so I think lately, especially, you know, coming into this new year with everything that happened in the States and things like that and how like polarized everything is, I just kind of take 
I'm taking a step back and I'm really trying to be a bit more objective and aware of what I'm digesting. So I might not be a conservative or super right, but that doesn't mean that I should dismiss someone just because Mm -hmm. those are their, their views. Right. And so, and it also like yelling at each other and being opposition, like being on opposite sides and fighting isn't going to bring us closer together. We have to maybe find some common ground. So like, even with this, there were some things that were off putting and like that very like left side of me is, is all like up in arms, but then I have to cool it and be like, you know, people are people. We're not all 100% good. Yeah. And there's, there's value in us not agreeing about things. If we all thought the same, like that's almost more dangerous. Yeah. You know, so like we shouldn't cut people out of our lives because they don't 100% agree with us. There's a lot of growing we can do on both sides or, you know, even a lot of powerful people are right. They're right wing people. Mm -hmm. So, I think having those conversations with people who maybe are, you know, their views are a bit different or even like, you know, they want it to be 100% capitalist or whatever. There's, there's other stories you can bring that might change their minds or might help them see a different thing. And that's one thing I did like about Tony is that, you know, part of it has to be giving back. Like as much as he's a capitalist, he's also giving back. Yeah. He's, he, he talks about this, that he raised over the last, I think seven years, he's raised money for, to feed 700,000 um, people in need. He had a goal of feeding a million, I think kids it was specifically, a, a million kids in 10 years, and he's up to 700,000 now. 700 million. Right? No. He... No, he's not trying to feed a billion people. Yeah, I thought that's what he said today, that he's trying to feed a billion. Really? Yeah, I swear. I don't know. We can look that up later. Anyway, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're just very split in our society and especially on social. Like we have a a friend, Ellie, who was on the podcast before. She um, whole happy. She has a like a food and wellness uh, business, and she's a new mom going through the struggles that all of us who have had kids have gone through of the first few months of not sleeping, which is just like it's literally torture. Yeah, it's literally torture. Literally, what they do to you to torture you. Yeah. Um, just consistently broken sleep, not being able to get your REM, and then your your mood is just all over the place. You're just like, it just, it was so hard. As a man, it was so hard. I can't even imagine as a woman doing, you know, being the one who has to breastfeed and all that. It's just like, it was, it's a crazy time. And anyways, I didn't, you, you saw the beginning of the story. I kind of only saw. Well, I follow all her stories since we had her on the um, podcast because she, she's such a positive force. Yeah, like she's awesome. That, and that's she's the awesome. thing. Like before we lead into this, like this is someone I've known since she was a kid and she's just like one of the best, kindest, most authentic people mm-hmm. I've ever met. And so off the back of that yeah so I follow I follow all her stories and um yeah I just love the positivity and just you know the she's also objective and you know not I don't find her to be too one-sided but anyway she was going through talking about sleep and babies and she had promoted this um this site something care something I I don't even remember the name but then you know someone dm'd her and said like you know and it was actually a really nice message it was like all the best to you like no I'm not you know, trying to put you down for supporting anything. I just wanted you to be aware that this person 
is contributed to the Trump campaign and like just putting it out there and things like that. And then um, a site that she had like publicized. Yeah. yeah. And so she ended up changing the link to one that hadn't. And, and she had put it in her story saying like, you know, um, I want this to be a safe place where and she lists everyone, basically everyone who is not a white supremacist. <laughs> that's, that's what it came down to. Like everyone else, I want this to be a safe place. And then, yeah, a lot of people, I guess the next morning she woke up to all these angry DMs that she wasn't creating a safe space for Republicans. And so, yeah, it was really tearful. She put out like a really tearful message. She was really upset. And just seeing her in that moment, I know what it's like to be sleep deprived. Like Mm -hmm. it's so freaking hard. I can't even believe she's trying to run her business on the side when she's going through this. Like I really struggled to even have a shower at the time. And yeah, she just put out a really heartfelt message about how, you know, she, she wasn't trying to hurt anyone or, you know, that's the thing you can't, you can't even, that's what I mean. Like you can't even say like, I don't support a business that would support a Nazi. Yeah. (laughs) Like like, a borderline, let's, let's give some benefit of the doubt. So a borderline Nazi. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, she got a lot of backlash. I really, I really feel for her. Anyway, she put up, she's come out with more DMs and explained her position. She didn't go back on it. She still isn't going to support that. But I think she explained in more depth why. Mm -hmm. She added some clarity to why. So it wasn't just like, oh, it's because they supported Trump. No. And she really explained her position and where she was coming from and why. And I thought, you know, it was was really well written and, and very nice. But at the same time, it's, it's really it's hard because like, why can't we just value people for what they're like? Why can't we all just kind of have a, have a conversation? Like why do the DMS have to be angry? Why does she get all this vitriol? Why couldn't, you know, people reach out and be like, I get your position. Like, can you please explain more why you us, do it? We've like, it's been so us become so us first them that if you say, I don't support Trump or like what I just said, if you call him a Nazi, which I'm mm-hmm. sure will not fly over well with any, with people who listen, who support him, then it's like a personal hit. You're saying I'm bad because you think he's bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're racist and sexist, then probably. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it doesn't, I'm not necessarily saying that about you. Just because if you support one person and I don't like that person, I'm not saying you're a terrible person. Yeah, I'm saying I don't support them. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's so, nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, it's so personalized now. Yeah. I, I think that's also, you know, a very dangerous thing in politics and things. Like, I, I, I'm sure it's different in the States. I don't know if Canada's a little bit different, but, you know, I don't hate Trudeau. So that's our prime minister. I don't, I don't hate him. I don't love him. In some areas, I think he does good work. In other areas, like especially around Indigenous rights, I think we are failing so bad. But I don't identify with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If someone came along and said, like, you know, fuck Trudeau, I'm not like, what are you saying about me? Yeah. It's not about me. Like, even if I even if I had voted for him, like, that's nothing about me. You don't mm-hmm. like him. You know, it's like, I find it, especially in politics, I find it really hard to, you know, they're not... 100% good again like you're almost hoping that they're 50% good or they're yeah. 50% gonna do what this country needs or like sports players 
when someone's like, this person isn't the best. And, like, people get so enraged. I'm like, that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, <laughs> like, who's the GOAT, LeBron or Jordan? Yeah, and people like, get so mad. It's not you. And I'm I, not talking about you. That's, like, my value at, I feel like, when I'm in this space. Like, I try and teach them, like, not teach them, but I try and, like, share my opinion that there's no, everyone always talks we. Yeah. Like, we, we, we beat you, you, you know? Yeah, what? You, you didn't do anything. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, you get no clout for what those people on the yeah. field do. Like, there's no we. Like, just because you cheer for a team, there's no we. Mm-hmm. But people in sports get really up in arms about that. It's like, oh, through all of time, it's, we always say we when talking about our team. Like, that's fine when you're, like, supporting them. Like, mm-hmm. it can be, like, we as a city, you know. But, like, when you're saying it to like belittle someone like yeah. you didn't achieve anything. You, didn't do anything you were born in boston so you're a red sox yeah. fan congratulations you wore the hat yeah good job and then to get so mad that like oh someone said lebron's the goat goat means greatest of all time for non-sports players <laughs> uh sports fans uh Le- lebron's not the goat jordan's the goat and they get so mad and say like, what is the matter man yeah. like it affects your life 0.0 percent I think we also, and I know this is a little bit closer, but I think we also do it with kids. You know, people get, like, if anyone says anything critical about someone's kid, people get so defensive. Oh, I would too. Um, <laughs> That's well, different. it's a little bit different on some levels, but... Because I raised that kid. I didn't raise Michael Jordan. Yeah, I didn't okay. teach him how to play basketball. There's that, but at some point, especially teenagers, like, your kids become their own person. Yeah. And it's not actually, like, some people have great kids and they did fuck all. Yeah. Like they had nothing to do with it. For, to all all of us, I'm going to include myself in this, that have raised our kids so well, our kids are going to be great, then we can toot our horns, baby. But I mean, kids turn out great, even without great parents. And kids turn out poorly with awesome parents. Yeah. Like it's another place where, you know, if people talk about your kids, you get all up in arms. That's a bit different because it's a loved one. But it's another one where it's not it's not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And you can't internalize everything and make it a fighting battle. That was a bad example because I can see because it's also talking about your family. Maybe you're going to... People are just like... It's also just social in general. It's like a... It's an outlet to get your, like, anger and, like, all the mm-hmm. stuff you're dealing with in your normal life. Like, Gary Vee talks about this a lot that... When someone leaves a mean comment, he he deploys empathy because he knows, like, for them to consume your content, to come on your page, Mm -hmm. to leave an angry message, that says way more about them than about your content or your thoughts on something. Yeah, I followed this. um, I believe her her handle is Mary's Mary's Cup of Tea. Anyway, she's a body positive influencer online. She does Instagram, and she um, used to do, like, fitness things and has suffered, I believe, from bulimia, all these things, and... She managed to, through therapy and whatever, turn a corner. And now she basically does self-help talks and, like, making your body not be define you completely, right? Like, a lot of us can't do anything about the way that we look. So why feel bad about yourself all the day? She's really against um, diet culture, just all these things. Anyway, she experienced a lot of hate lately and she put it up because she has um she's in a relationship and she's like basically it said like she's accepted that all this hate comes with being on instagram and basically and he's one who saw it and said like no that's not okay mm-hmm. like it's not okay that you experience all this hate when you're just trying to help people and her messages are so positive and just like like basically love yourself learn to love yourself and then you'll be able to live a good life because you love yourself when you're not self-hating all the time and and yeah, and this person wrote her this thing about that she was promoting obesity. 
And I'm like, way to miss the point of everything. Another person coming in, making it about weight. Like her thing isn't, it isn't just about weight. It's just like a whole plethora of things that we obsess about on Mm -hmm. ourselves. And, and one of it being weight. And like, she's just living her best life and she's healthy. And, but she's like, just don't make it all about the way you look. Like you can live a great life and not obsess about how you look. And yeah, like all that angry hate she came, she got because she's um, promoting obesity. And it's like people are healthy in all different sizes. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's so funny that like that's what you chose your day. You're and this person wrote her like a paragraph. Well, that's the thing is that like, person's just mad. That person's just mad. Yeah, you know? like and they just want to let you know that they're mad, and you're an easy outlet for them because they have an opinion on something you posted about. Yeah, and I, it makes me feel sad for people that are actually trying to help. Mm-hmm. And, like, make a difference, like, dealing with that, it must really... Well, most of the people who get the hate are people who are, like, you know, putting it out there, trying to help people. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, I find it sad, because it's like, you're actually trying to do a good thing. People are just coming at you with rage, like... Oh, man, like, in the in the sports world, like, oh, I get it so yeah. much. All, like, on TikTok, on Instagram, anytime I have an opinion, it's like what we were just talking mm-hmm. about. It's like, us versus them, we, you don't know what you're talking about. I find, like, it, the the people I block most are not even the people who are, like, outwardly aggressive, but it's the passive-aggressive, like, LOL, like, kind of, like, how could you think that, but, like, a very snide way, mm-hmm. which is so prevalent on social. It's just, like, low-key and passive-aggressive and, like, belittling. And I, I tell them now, I like, right on the comment that they put so everybody else can see it. I'm like, this is not how grown-ups discuss things. Like, if you want an opinion, you're welcome to come say, I'm wrong, here are the reasons Jordan's the GOAT and mm-hmm. not LeBron. But if you're going to come on, like, LOL and a clown emoji, like, you get one shot and then you're done. <laughs> Just like, I don't fuck with clown emojis. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally put out a TikTok that said, the first time I see a clown emoji in your com, And I go, like, because people will argue within my comment section to each other yeah and like first i just like whatever because i can't deal with all of them but if it gets like extreme which it almost always does then Mm -hmm. i come in and be like yo both of you need to relax like what is going on here you're talking about something that has zero impact on your life and you're spending like hours going back and forth just getting worked up and angry and like like who hurt you? That's, that's yeah. sometimes I say, because it's like so clear that it's not about whatever argument you're having. Well, and um, you know, right now, like everything happening in the world and, you know, there's this chaos everywhere and maybe people are feeling angry, but maybe turn that anger into action for something positive for yourself. Like if you can spend hours spreading hate on Instagram, you know, that could be you, as Tony would say, building your own economy. Mm-hmm. why aren't you out there making your own life better like you're just wasting so much time and hating people and like you know e- even that like everything's against me i can't do anything i'm you know the world's stacked against me like living in that mentality you're not gonna you're not gonna get yeah. anywhere if you think michael jordan's the goat so strongly go start a michael jordan fan page yeah. and you'll have like hundreds of thousands of followers and you'll be able to sell jordan merchandise but instead you're wasting days out of your life on my Instagram comments yelling at me because yeah. I said LeBron could be the GOAT. Yeah. There's just, there's a better path. I don't know. Maybe that's what this is all about. Don't be out there scamming. There's room for everyone. Let's start something new. Don't be a clown, as the internet would say. <laughs>